This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it is Rebecca and Tara, and today we are going to suggest some ideas we have for perhaps some changes they could make to the Canada Reads debates. Now, we want to be clear that we are not suggesting they make any changes because it's not our job. <laughs> and we do love it. We do love it. Absolutely. But, you know, we do. We have heard people say things a little bit here and there, like on the Canada Reads Facebook page or obviously on Bookstagram. And I'm also not suggesting, because I do have more ideas than Tara does, and I am not suggesting like to implement all of my ideas or even any of my ideas. They're simply <laughs> my ideas. <laughs> so just light suggestions. Yes. Yeah. Because I agree with you. We absolutely all love this competition. In fact, when I was reading or listening to Jolene, a uh, bookworm adventure girls wrap up video for Canada reads. I forgot. What <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, I think you should leave this part in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. You were talking about Jolene. I know. Wrap up. Was it? I know. What did she say uh, on the? Um. I don't know. Okay, I have to start over. God, what what did I say before that? Oh, well, anyway, I'll just say this. I know. I'll just say that. I'll say. Okay, I started talking about. Jolene's wrap-up video, and now I can't remember my point. So let's just move on <laughs> from there. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, it's been a long uh, week. So should I start since I have more than you? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I'll start. So the first thing I would like to suggest is that the books are new. And I would say, because I feel like... One of the things I love about Canada Reads is it introduces us to sometimes authors we've not heard of before or small presses. And so I feel like if they're fairly new, then you're introducing us to just new authors we may not know. Yeah. I, no, I, I agree. And also because Canadian, the Canadian literary scene has become much more diverse even in the last five years. So we're getting lots of new voices that if you even went back 10, 15 years ago, you weren't available. So I agree. Yeah. So how old, though, are you thinking? Like a year old within the last three years? I'm just curious. You know, I thought about that. I think it would be however Canada Reads wants to define it because I tried to think of it. And maybe that's why it'll never happen because I, I started thinking like, you know, with the Giller, it's always like the books that have been published within the past year and they have yeah. they have dates defined. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's if that's too rigid for a competition like this. So that's why I say it may be an unrealistic suggestion, but I just like the idea of new authors' voices being on this platform. I think it's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. I think it's a great point, actually. Okay. Well, then my second part that kind of goes along with this is no past award winners. And I would say like the big awards, like the Giller or something. I I'm not, I know there are some other big prizes, I think, that are quite hefty. I know the Giller's the biggest. And the only reason I say that, again, is because I feel like the big award winners, they've already 
you know, everybody's read them. Everybody knows them. They've, they're so popular. And the, and I do like the idea of maybe think of it this way. Maybe something comes along if it's a fairly new book and it gets on Canada reads and everybody loves it. Maybe it, it could win the Giller. That would be mm-hmm. cool. That, yeah, that, that it's would be a, cool. Yeah, that would be a pathway to the Giller yeah. because we all would have discovered it. Yeah, um, I agree. And then at the same time, I, I question how many people actually read the award. But you know what I mean? Like I now I, I, I don't want to come across as all hoity-toity or something, but I, I don't know. Although the Giller has gotten much more popular in the last several years. So maybe more people are reading the Giller, like award-winning books, than I think. Okay. I just... So yes, I, I agree, but then a part of me is like, oh, but are we then missing out on some really good books that maybe a large segment of people haven't been introduced to? Yeah, and that's a good point because, well, you know, if you think about it, like, I haven't read... In fact, I went back and looked at how many of the National Book Awards winners I've read. And I won't even say publicly how many because it's an embarrassment. So you're right. Mm-hmm. That's actually a really good point. So maybe that one's not such a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, like in theory, I think it is. Like I, I, I hear where you're coming from. Yeah. But then I'm just, yeah. Okay. Now I, what's one yeah. of your ideas? Okay. My big one is to scrap the theme. So not the overall theme of one book for all of Canada to read, mm-hmm. but the like the sub theme that they come up with that's different every year. So I've been indifferent to this theme up until this year mm-hmm. because the theme really, well, there's two reasons. One, some of the defenders seem to really get stuck on the theme and seem to uh, vote only based on the theme, even when they may have wanted to vote in a different way. They got stuck on the theme. And I don't know if that's how you choose the book you think everyone should read. And two, Keegan, it slipped that she said that she had chosen her book, Greenwood, before she knew what the theme was. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's cool. I, I That makes no sense to me because it puts certain books at a disadvantage if you've already chosen your book and then you're told the theme. What if you're not every book's going to go against, go with every theme? I don't like that. It annoys me. I agree. It was a shock because yeah. we had that confirmed sort of through uh, Bookworm Adventure Girl, Jolene, our friend. And it makes no sense to me. No. I think Canada Reads really needs to fix that one. And also, Keegan was also the one who later in the competition said something about due to the mandate. And I was, I went, mandate, what? And then I thought, oh, this sounds so formal. And And I'm a rule follower, so I think that she might be as well. So someone like me would get hung up on the theme. Mm-hmm. and others might not. And yeah. so then I'm playing at a disadvantage. So I think they should just scrap that too. I totally yeah. agree with that idea. Yeah, because that theme has not been around from the beginning. Like I listened to Canada Reads at the beginning when it first started. 
I missed it, a chunk of it in the middle when my children were younger. And I just, I realized at that point, it was before it was streaming and all that stuff. It was only available on radio at like 10 a.m. And if you weren't there at 10 a.m., then you, you missed it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I have a chunk in the middle that I just missed it kind of thing. And then all of a sudden there's a theme. Yeah. And I just like the one book that all of Canada should read. And then that kind of just encapsulates everything. And then what for each competition, each year we seem there's something going on in our world that that mm-hmm. theme just kind of encapsulates that I think can work for every book. I don't know. Yeah. And I think if you got rid of the theme and you said, what book should all of Canada read? I think Hotline would have been really at the top of the list. Yeah. When it came to perspective, then they got into the nuts and bolts of just, you know, debating that theme sort of haphazardly because it meant more to some people than others. And if you just flat out said, what book should all of Canada read with the background of immigration being such a hot topic in Canada, how could that not have been the one to win? You know what I mean? And I will say for everybody, on my Instagram, I did just pin it to my stories, but I did uh, a little graphic. They started themes in 2012, and I've listed all the themes that they've used so far. And so if they had a, another 10 years prior to that where they didn't use a theme, I don't know. I think it was working pretty well. And now it's time to retire yeah. the theme idea because yeah. it annoys most of us. I yeah, think. I'm over the theme, over it. Okay, what's your next suggestion, Rebecca? So my next one is, and this is just a picky thing, but okay, so I don't mind the little videos on the first day when they give us our their little videos of the books, but on days two, three, and four, mm. I don't really want to see those videos again. I feel like it's kind of a time waste and we've all seen it. And quite frankly, the... Most of us watching are fans. We probably read the books. We know already what they are. Now, even for myself, when I watched the first Canada Reads competition and didn't even know what it was and watched it and had not read the books, I even then found those videos annoying because I felt like, okay, I get it. I already know what this one's about. Company town, move on, you know? And yeah. so I it's like, please dump those videos days two, three, and four. Yeah. By day four, by the final day, I was like, Ugh. Ugh, again. I'm like, I know. Ugh. And which is too bad because they're beautiful little shorts that they, they do. Are. And I was just like, Bleh. I completely agree. I really think they're beautifully done. I look forward to them, actually. I think they're very creative, but I don't want to see it four times. No. It loses its punch. Um. My other big one is I would like to see it five days as opposed to four. Yes. And I think, yeah, we both agree on this one. Day one, no book is out. It's just a strict debate. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets to like present their book and it's just not even a debate, a conversation, like just day one, that's it. Day two, all five books are still there. Then you start voting, right? That would still end up with on day four the two books right yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah. and i'll give you two really perfect examples 
of why that would make sense to not have anybody get voted off the first week or first day. Okay. Suzanne Simard and also Tasneem Gidi. Both of them were a little weak on opening day, Mm -hmm. but then made some great comments and really great analyses and uh, observations and contributed so well to the rest of the show. And I feel like, and Suzanne was from last year. So I just feel like, you know, nerves take over. They just need to get into a rhythm of the way it works and, and everything. And especially too, because a number of people we've interviewed that have been defenders have said they weren't big Canada Reads watchers. So they may not, I mean, yeah, they'll go back and watch a few videos, but they haven't immersed themselves in it the way most of us have. So they need that extra time to figure out how it all works. Yes. And even if you take, if you remove that threat of having your book voted off on the first day, you're a little more relaxed that first day too. Like you'll have nerves and jitter from being there, but at least you know, you're not going to feel like you did a disservice to your book and like you lost it on the first day. You still get a chance to put the book out there. Yeah, because even Tasneem at the at at the end of the vote, she even kind of went, "Oh wow!" She goes, "Not I." She goes, "Like nobody else voted against a different book." Like she got mm-hmm. all four votes, and I yeah. I felt really bad for her. Yeah. Okay, my next one, and this might again be just a picky thing, and maybe I'm too rigid. So again, Canada reads, you don't have to listen to what <laughs> I'm saying, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. I like because I think this happened a couple of times or maybe a couple of days where the opening statement that people got to make and the closing statement was why they were defending their book. But I think the questions need to be really clear that they don't get to use their book in between those times so that we're hearing more analysis and observation about the other books. Because I think we did this year have like, I think there was some confusion and I think it was Gurdip who said, well, I can I talk about my book or or do I have to talk mm. about another or something? I can't remember something like yeah. that was said. And I think Allie said like, oh yeah, you can talk about whatever. And I and I thought, wait a minute, we've already heard them all. They do their thirty second pitch or their one minute pitch, and then you know, blah blah blah. And I just feel like I want to hear more. And it doesn't even have to be criticism because I think Michael showed this year really well how you can really love the other books and say great things about them, but he still obviously was championing his book. And I like, I like that. So I would, I wouldn't mind hearing them say maybe what they really liked. And then the criticisms don't have to be so, you know, personal, like some of them have been. Yeah. Um, If that makes sense, what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you're getting an opportunity to have more of a conversation then mm-hmm. you all them always feeling like they're defending their book, mm-hmm. right? They can look at other books, and it forces them to to address other books as well. Yeah. All right. What's your next one? Mine also. This is just could not happen, and it will be fine. But this is just I would like them to release the long list before Christmas instead of like after Christmas. Release it before Christmas so that more of us have more time to really delve into that long list and read it before they announce the shortlist. Because a week, that's not enough time given to the all the books that are put on that long list. 
that's not enough time given to those that don't make the short list, you know, to really shine. Yeah. Yeah. And for gift giving, just for people to use as like a, a suggestions for gift giving. It'd be just nice to have it before Christmas. I 100% agree because if the goal here is to get Canadians reading more and that long list comes out, we get all excited. But like you say, it's then shortly after that, you just kind of have to wait a little bit of time and then you've got your five. And then I hate to say it, but for me, because my reading lists are so long, as soon as that shortlist gets announced, I sort of forget about the long list, which is terrible because they're yeah. wonderful books on that long list. So I agree. Give it to us before the holidays. Let us sell more books and you yeah. know make publishing in Canada even better than it is for us to be excited about it. I completely agree with that. So yeah. And, and weren't you the one telling me that it used to be that way, that it used to come out? Somebody told me it used to come out before Christmas. I don't know. I, I It could have been me, Rebecca, and I totally don't remember. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. We'd have to go back and look. That'd be interesting to look. Yeah. Because I would love to know what changed that that makes it so not important to do it before Christmas. The, the biggest year, you know, the biggest season of the year for gift giving, you know, for yeah. all of us to play in that whole arena of, oh, that's a book I want or putting things on your list. And anyway, so I yeah. think they have to, I think they have to explain themselves on that one. <laughs> and I remember someone, I feel like uh, another listener was telling us who's really into libraries, into the library services. And, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was Sarah, but maybe it was that they don't give, or maybe we saw it somewhere on Instagram and you pointed it out to me that they don't give libraries any pre-notice either. So that the libraries can't actually order in extra books, like extra copies, in order to help with the wait list. Right? Do you remember that? I do remember that. But then do you know, not too long ago, within I mean, during this season of Canada Reads, somebody mm-hmm. said that they are like the smaller libraries. I thought they said, no, not smaller libraries. Oh, maybe it was the presses. That, well, no, wait a minute. Anyway, I thought they said they're sworn to secrecy and they you know, they cannot divulge. Mm. And so in other words, they do have a heads up, but now I can't remember what that was. So I think we're not Mm. really clear on that. And, you know, we'll be chatting with Allie soon. So maybe that's a question we can ask Allie and see if he knows the answer to that. Yeah. (laughs) So I would love to know that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to grill him. Absolutely. We're going to, we're going to give him our list and say, okay, your marching orders, go back to CBC books and tell them this is what we want. No, I'm kidding. Of course. No more nice readers, Allie. We want answers. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Now my, I have two more, but this one is simply because this is what I loved most about this season. I said on the last day, only the defenders can speak Mm -hmm. and that the other three are listening because we know, I still believe that Tasneem changed her opinion on the last day. I just feel yeah. like she was going to vote Ducks off. And I think if those three are really listening and listening to that debate back and forth, that gives them the prime opportunity to really make that decision of who they want to vote off. Yeah. And I think that And maybe it's just the nature of how great the debaters were because Michael and Matea, they were just so brilliant. Yeah. 
I agree. Now, would they be able to ask questions? I, I agree that the focus should be totally on the two defenders whose books are left. Can the other defenders ask questions if they're like, if they have a certain issue with one book, can they put that forward? Yeah. And here's why I, because remember, my, remember, and you even commented on this too, about how Allie was so great that he kind of stepped out of it and let them kind of go. And that Michael and Matea actually asked each other a question. So Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, the three should be able to throw in their questions as well. I just don't really need to hear more opinion about it only on the fourth day. I think up until that, I'm fine. But I just thought this year that I just sat back and thought, this is the most amazing discussion back and forth Mm -hmm. of these two books. And I just, I don't know, it was just a high, it was definitely for me the highlight of this, of this year of just those, those two talking. Yeah. I loved it. I agree. Now, do you have anything else on your list? I don't think so. I think those were my three main ones. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I have my last one. Okay. Now, let's hear it. This, this one is really will be very controversial. I'm mm. not even saying that. I think 99% of the people listening will say, oh, hell no. But I'm going to throw it out there anyway because I'm not even convinced it's a good idea, but I'm throwing it okay. out there. Anyway. No, so, I got to hear it. Let's hear it. I think you and I talked about this. Yeah. In fact, okay. in fact the idea may, might have started with you, something you said. I can't remember. Oh, but... shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why we put, no, no, that's why we put on here that we're explicit or whatever that is, right? Adult content. <laughs> okay. And just why I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what am I responsible for? Okay. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> the idea that, again, these are people who are not professional reviewers. Mm. They go in there, they clearly, and and maybe this year they did look more nervous than they have in previous years, recent years that I've been watching. And so I feel for them. And so would it be better if it were a taped show versus a live show? Not necessarily that they're going to edit stuff out. I'm not expecting them to do that. But, you know, let's talk, let's think about this. You and I do a taped show. Yeah. We tape it. I do some editing, we put it up, and I'm we're happy. Mm-hmm. If you and I were to just do a live show, God knows what I would say. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I yeah. think it's it, because then, you know, you know, you've got a camera on you. You've got to create some content. You could say something that you regret. And that's mm-hmm. what we always tell, too. We, we tell people when we interview them, we always say, by the way, if you say something that you really think afterwards, damn it, I wish I hadn't said that. Hey, I can edit that out. And I will tell you right now, I've had authors ask me to take something out. Not, not, you know, something, it doesn't matter what it was. It it was important to them. They didn't really, they realized later, oh, I hadn't, I shouldn't have said that. Or I've actually edited things out because I felt like, wow, that was a really personal comment they made. And then I go back and let them know that I go, hey, you know, I did some light editing and I've had them thank me for it. Because when you are live, oh my gosh. Yeah. You can say something that you deeply regret and that isn't representative of who you are. So I don't know. Would a taped show help them be less nervous is my point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I do remember us discussing this. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is a lot of pressure, right? Like to be there and to know that you can't make a mistake, mm-hmm. but yet we're all human. We all make mistakes daily hourly sometimes 
That's yeah. a lot of pressure. And I think too, you know, in the past, it probably didn't matter, but social media has changed that game. Yeah. yeah. And some people love drama. Some people love to stir it up and make it the story at the end of the day. And then some of us, like myself, I'm really, I don't like drama and it makes me feel bad for the person because again, it's, I think it's hard to go live. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that that's an option, you know, perhaps, like yeah. I said, I don't think it'll ever happen, but. No, no, I don't think so either. Cause I think we're all so invested in be, it being a live show and seeing the, I mean, seeing that vote as yeah. it happens live, it's a pretty special moment. It oh, yeah. really is. You totally but, agree. Um, yeah. So maybe our point should just be to provide people more grace because how many of us could literally be on that Canada Reads panel with all the stress, having to read five books, having to know it inside and out, and and having to say things that you can't take back? Yeah. I would hell no, never, ever, ever, ever do it. Would you? No, no. I would love to be the person, is it Jess, who gets the votes at the end, goes around and grabs the votes. I would love to be her or them. Yes. That would be an awesome job. No, no, I couldn't take the pressure. It's too much. Too much. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, anyway, everybody, those are our slight suggestions. We we offer them respectfully because we love Canada Reads. And we just thought, since it's all fresh in our minds now, now's the time to to say it. So yeah. anyway, thank you very much. And we will be back shortly with an, an interview with Ali Hassan, the host of Canada Reads. I'm really looking forward to that because this will be the first time that we've interviewed him after the competition, yes. right? Previous years, it's been before. Mm-hmm. So this will be really fun. I'm looking forward to this, like a new perspective on the interview process, the questions yep. we have to ask him. I agree. It'll be fun. Yep. Okay. Happy reading. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.